Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthy for Life podcast, where we will be discussing maintainable, sustainable, conscious living. I'm your host, Sarah Grace, and thanks for joining me. Hey everyone, welcome back to my Healthy for Life podcast. Today I am here with a special guest, Erin Gugino, and she is a consciousness coach. And I know that sounds super interesting and you're probably all wondering what exactly is a consciousness coach, but I'm going to have her explain to you guys what she does and what she specializes in. And then we're going to share some really cool, mindful um, tips for you all today. So Erin, thanks for being here with me. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hi. Yes. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, well, so a consciousness coach, uh, yes. Um, what I like to do is work with people, um, on an individual basis and also in groups. And we basically, um, work to create, um, healthy, balanced lifestyles through different tools such as meditation, breath work, conscious conversation, um, color light therapy, mm-hmm. and even some quantum healing techniques. So, you know, basically meeting each individual or group, collective group, uh, you know, where they are on mm-hmm. their journey. Some people come in with very specific needs and desires. They're, they fall more under the umbrella of physical, um, you know, ailments or physical uh uh, suffering, so to speak, you know, that they hope to, to alleviate and find tools to, to work with. Um, and then others, you know, it's more on emotional, mental level and some even, you know, spiritual, some, some people come in really seeking tools to help enhance and increase their connection with their, you know, their higher selves, their true selves and, and God. So it's really sort of a mixed, um, basket of intentions that are brought forward and, and sorted out through, you know, through this consciousness coaching that I do. That's so interesting. And I met with Erin last week to kind of get a better idea on what it is she does. And it's just, it's really cool and it's really useful. I think the, the tools that you can apply to your own life. And so that's kind of what I want to talk to her a little bit more about today. But before we do that, I want her to kind of tell us a little bit about um, your personal story and um, your background, because I think it plays into a huge role with why you do what you do today, you know? Absolutely. Yes. So um, I'll start by saying, you know, for, for many years, uh, starting with, you know, college and, and, and thereafter, I was in a completely different profession and it was through my own healing journey that, um, I'm doing, you know, what I, what it is that I do today. So, um, back then I was a chef. I went to school for, uh, you know, to Penn state for hotel and restaurant management, received a bachelor's of science in that. And then went on to the Culinary Institute of America and received a degree in um, culinary arts. So hit the ground running, was a chef for, you know, a good 15 years, um, creating restaurant concepts, um, everything from, yeah, creating restaurant concepts and acting as the executive chef to having a, a organic home meal delivery service uh, for, for quite some time. And then, um, 
I guess it was about seven years ago or so, I'd sort of reached, you know, sort of my surrender point, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, everything looked great. Every, you know, from the outsider's perspective, I had everything pulled together. You right. know, mom of three boys, you know, working full time as an executive chef, running marathons, doing all sorts of stuff. So on paper, fantastic, right? right? Um, and then there's the, the, you know, the internal uh, journey that we're all on, right? Exactly. And so, you know, I had a kind of... It, combination of things going on. I had a, you know, I was suffering from hypothyroidism, which comes with its own mixed bags, Mm -hmm. mixed bag of symptoms, um, and some postpartum depression and, um, just, you know, overall sort of an anxiousness and a sense Mm -hmm. of, of the opposite of inner peace, right? Quite frankly. And so I had been going to different doctors, combination of Western and, you know, and Eastern and really felt like I was doing all the right things Mm -hmm. yet still kind of in this space of like, wow, like there's a major internal struggle taking place here. So I think really, honestly, after feeling like I had extra, you know, exhausted all options, I sort of threw my hands in the air one day and said, okay, I give up, you know, what um, what more can I do here? Right. Because, you know, I, I really, my hope and my strongest desire at that point was to achieve some form of internal peace. Mm. And so I hear this voice, not audibly, but you know, within that says it's time to meditate. And I thought, okay, am I, is this like a new layer of mental illness? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really gone crazy now. Yeah, exactly. Has it, you know, and, um, and, you know, I, and I heard it, you know, several times throughout the day for, for probably if I had to guess, you know, uh, a period of a week or so. And I thought, you know, meditation, you know, I've heard of it, perhaps read about it here and there over the years, but really knew no one at the time who did meditate, mm-hmm. you know? And so I thought, you know, what are my resources going to be like for this? And so, you know, when you're in that sort of place, um, you know, what, surrender point or, you know, low point or however one, you know, chooses to describe it, you know, you're not quite as resourceful as you would be if you weren't in that place. Right. So, but as luck would have it, you know, and I think part of it really is the surrendering, right? When I threw my hands up in the air and said to God, like, okay, you know, I give up, I surrender. Um, you know, things just started happening really synchronistically and serendipitously. So even from that point, and so um, in walks a friend who I hadn't seen in a long time, and he tells me, oh my gosh, I just started meditating about six months ago, and it's really been life-changing. Isn't it funny how that happens? Right. <laughs> I know, right? And I thought, no way. Okay, so this is a sign, right? So I go and I begin the journey um, of meditating. And um, of course, with all the mental chatter and the you know the level of anxiety and such that was, you know, currently in my atmosphere, um, it it made for a challenging start to the practice. Mm -hmm. You know, I had the self-limiting beliefs running that, oh, well, this is not going to work for me. You know, it may work for others, but not for me. So, um, you know, I, but I stuck with it Mm because I thought, Hey, this is sort of like, you know, my final solution, so to speak, or so I thought. So, I showed up for myself every day for 15 minutes, set the timer, 
Um, and e- I'd like to say each day got a little bit easier, mm-hmm. but you know, just with any practice that you're just starting, um, some days I feel like, you know, I would feel like I was really moving forward and then other days, maybe one step back. Right. Anyhow, I stuck with it. And that's such a big part of the success, I think, of any practice, but certainly with meditation. And so it was about month three and, you know, just like any other day, so it seemed, and I started doing the meditation and I all of a sudden was just in some sort of state that I had never experienced before. Mm. Um, yet it felt so familiar. It felt like home and there were all these lights and it was just, it was profound. You know, I don't really, words sometimes aren't, um, adequate for experience, you know, um, to describe certain experiences. And this would be one of those. So, um, I think I was then in the meditation that day, probably for over an hour because I just thought like, whoa, like this is what those masters discovered. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's like in that moment, like it was a complete, um, embodiment of like, of that faith, trust Mm. and surrender. Right. Because it was like, whoa, there is so much more to this life. You know, and it was, and also it was a big catalyst for, for hope Mm. and for motivation to continue on, right? Not continue on with my life, but, you know, continue on with exploring these, these healing modalities. And about how long ago would you say that was? So that probably, I was trying to think about that prior to our talk today. And I'd say it was somewhere between six and seven years ago. Okay. And were you on medication at this time for like your thyroid and for health? Yes. Yes, I was. And, um, you know, I had never done anything, um, for the depression other than, um, exercising and food and Mm. really, you know, trying to come from that approach until I started meditating and I realized, okay, I gained, you know, such clarity, mental clarity through it. I thought, let me give myself a little boost. So I actually did go on a, an antidepressant for about five or six months during Mm. that time frame to say, let me, you know, kind of help to rebuild the system and really kind of give me a boost. So I did that and, um, and was able to wean myself off as the plan was, you know, after about six months, but I also had been on thyroid medicine at that point for a good four or five years. Um, so, and really hadn't seen any huge difference or shifts in my thyroid levels until I started meditating. Then it was like the mind body. That's what they're talking about with the mind body connection. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, okay. Right. Let's come out of fight or flight. Let's realize that, you know, help is on the way. Okay. Let me, the body's then started to acknowledge the fact that this medicine was even coming in and da, 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 da. Mm. So yes. And is that when, so you're getting the, the meditation kind of down and you're figuring that out. And do were you incorporating breath work with the meditation or did that come later or yeah. How did that kind sure. of that whole process go for you? That's a great question. So, you know, as I mentioned briefly, um, all sorts of really cool, you know, uh, synchronistic events began to take place, mm-hmm. um, you know, on this journey. And, and so, um, it was probably right around the time of that experience, that first really profound experience that the same person who had recommended the meditation, um, teacher 
I bumped back into him and he said, you have to try this breath work. Okay. And so I kind of giggled and I said, well, isn't that what we're doing in meditation? And he said, you're breathing in both of them, but they're totally different. And I thought, okay, sure. You know, it just landed sort of sounded like it was going to work or landed as truth. So I moved forward with it and began that. And, you know, lo and behold, it was completely a different experience. Um, than meditation and you know you set an intention for for meditation but for this breath work the therapist who was leading me through it said you know what would your intention be for this or why have you come and I said I just want to achieve you know some state of internal peace mm-hmm. and so she said okay great let's get started so for an eight month time frame you know, one to anywhere between one and three times a week, I would go and do this breath work. And, and really people all, you know, often ask like, well, tell me about breath work. It's, you really have to experience it. You know, it's like one of those things that you can try to explain, but every single person's experience is going to be different with it. And Mm -hmm. each time you do it, it's different, but ultimately what it does do, what you could kind of umbrella as a general statement is, you know, um, the breath plus intention equals profound life change in a positive way. Mm. And so, you know, as I was surrendering through this breath work to release anything and everything that no longer serves me and bring in this state of, you know, divine peace, um, that's in fact what was taking place. So sometimes it would be a very physical response and I would feel lots of energy moving through my body and it'd be intense and I'd think, oh, I want to stop this, you know. And the therapist very calmly would say, this is totally normal. Keep on doing it, you know. And so I did. You know, I was determined. And so, um, and sometimes I would see little, you know, with my eyes closed doing this breath work, you know, little movies playing out from my childhood and, you know, with a common thread. But things that I hadn't even thought about since they, you know, ever really because honestly, I didn't really have a lot of memories, specific right. memories of childhood. But these memories were all the way back in, when I was in the crib and so forth. So, you know, but releasing this, you know, emotional density or any self-limiting beliefs and things that had, I had acquired through time. We all acquire, right. right, in some way. Even if we've had the most perfect childhood or seemingly so, there's we still, through just experience of being a human here, you know... Um, collect some negative emotions and things throughout the years. So, um, at the end of that eight months, I thought, wow, like, you know, it's, it's an, you know, an infinite journey yet so much had changed. I mean, I really was a totally different person at that point. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to start to, you know, and actually I already had throughout that process started to kind of wean myself out of the chef world into more of a consulting position from Mm -hmm. that of a, you know, a head chef. And, um, and then I decided I really need to, to, to share this wisdom with others, you know, that it's just not accessible enough. And, you know, and how could I possibly have experienced such profound change and so much more peace and not share that with others? Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to stand on top of the mountain and like shout it out type of thing. So that there began the journey and the shift from, you know, sort of the chef world into, um, more of what I'm doing now. And that 
one of the you know pivotal moments was when I signed up to do the Institute for Integrative Nutrition's okay. uh, holistic health coaching program. So I you know became certified in that, and then um, became trained in the the breath work. Um, I call it sacred breath. Mm-hmm. Um, it's often also referred to as holotropic breath work. Okay. Um, and um, you know my meditation. Um, teaching really just comes from the, you know, the six plus years of, of daily experience and practice. Um, but, uh, but also along the way, because, you know, every day showing up for myself with the same intention of continuing to release, you know, that which no longer serves me and bringing in more light and more peace, um, all sorts of really cool things start to walk into the picture. So right. then I became trained in color light therapy mm. and quantum healing and, you know, keep building the tool basket, so to speak. That's really cool. And, um, I guess, so can you explain to our listeners a little bit about, um, you know, cause we know about the power of the mind. I mean, we, we hear about it a lot, but it's actually incredible when you listen to people tell like their personal stories of how they feel like they healed themselves of certain things. And you said you were able to get off of your thyroid medication mm-hmm. and you had no issues anymore with that. And there is such a mind body connection that I think we often don't slow down and take the time to recognize it. And, um, you know, what is that saying? Like how, so you think is how you act or something like that, you know? And, um, so can you tell us a little bit about how you feel like meditation and breath work actually affects the health? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, there's so many books and research and scientific evidence that show how it, you know, how it works with the different brain waves in the States, you know, um, and so if, if, you know, if anyone wanted to look up the, the, you know, and really get the technical explanation of it and the science behind it, there's massive amounts at this point. Right. Um, you know, how I can best describe the benefits would be through my own journey and through that of, of those that I've been helping over this, the last, you know, six or seven years. And, and so, you know, some of the highlighted um, ways in which it helps, I think, is, um, you know, stress reduction, right? right? I feel like, honestly, and I joke about this, but, you know, perhaps one day it will actually come to fruition, you know, writing a book called the fight or flight nation, right? Um, and it may even extend to beyond our nation, but of course, you know, living here, that's my experience. I feel that, you know, just through the fast paced, you know, society that we live in, um, and all the demands, you know, Mm -hmm. the external demands, and then the demands we place on ourselves, I feel like essentially every person is in some state, whether it's on a physical, emotional, mental, or or spiritual level of fight or flight, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, using, utilizing the breath, which I see and really consider a nutrient, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and allowing that to sort of be the vehicle of our intention, Mm -hmm. you know, through this process of meditation or breath work, um, it, it really just down regulates your system. You know, it brings it, it lowers your blood pressure. Um, you know, well, and like, as we know, what is that? The, the fight or flight is the sympathetic nervous system. I think it is. And 
when that's constantly on high alert, our cortisol levels are higher, yes. our adrenaline is higher, our digestion slows down. Like it literally affects the chemical processes in your body. Mm-hmm. And so of course that's going to throw off, you know, like thyroid, perfect example, adrenal glands, yeah. you know? And I think like you're saying, taking that time to slow down the breathing involves a lot of oxygen and red blood cells which is healing and healthy and then what it does for your mind it's so simple but yet it can actually heal the body you know from major imbalances and it probably and then it it brings you back to earth right and it like levels you out and helps you get more in touch with your emotions and Right? I mean, it seems so basic, but yet it can literally change someone's life. 1000%. And if, you know, and I can say it, it it absolutely does, you know, I'm proof of that. And, um, you know, we forget, uh, because we're filled with so many, you know, such a huge influx of thoughts and, and stimuli, right. Coming from Mm -hmm. all sources. Um, so we forget the power of the thought and we for you know and when we're so busy we 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 are taken out of the present moment yeah. and we're constantly you know bombarded with this you know this mind chatter right. like these looping patterns we don't even we're not even consciously aware of it until we are yeah. and how do we become consciously aware of it by settling ourselves down, by breathing, mm-hmm. by, you know, closing our eyes and, and creating some form of stillness. Right. And really it's in that, you know, and there's so many ways to meditate. So, you know, and, it, and, and that's part of the fun of it is just exploring what most resonates with me, you know, as my individual self. Um, but, you know, bringing ourselves into a quiet space and really having the intention be to connect with ourselves again, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. to really fully tune in. Um, it's so powerful. It's absolutely powerful. And then we can actually hear. And when we do that, sometimes, you know, I remember at the beginning of when I started practicing, it's like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize what programs were running. You know, I didn't even realize what I was holding on to. Right. So when we calm down and we're using the breath and we're coming into that still place, right at the center point or the still point, um, you know, our, our bodies can all sort of harmonize that, you know, mm-hmm. our physical, mental, emotional and, and spiritual bodies, which are not separate of one another, right. but are currently without a practice of some sort of, you know, meditation or stillness are running separate agendas, right? Mm. So that chaos and that separate, ag- the separate agendas and that, you know, fight or flight, when we create some practice of, you know, of calming ourselves and becoming still, they all come into resonance together, mm-hmm. right? They're all joining in with the intention that's being set. And, and so, um, there's just such a balance that comes with that, right. you know, and, 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 and it brings really does bring the full, um, effect of that mind body connection into, into place. I just think that that's such an important, important aspect of, um, what should be maybe a, a daily practice for people. And for, for everyone listening to, I guess I would encourage them, you know, if, you're dealing with stress, anxiety, maybe emotional baggage like we all do, or health problems even. Like 
so many times I think in our society, because it's always about go, go, go. And like that busy badge, I've talked about that on, on past podcasts of kind of how we wear it like a badge of honor, the busy and, you know, just bring it on. I can handle it. And you know, that sometimes it takes like a health a major health issue or a diagnosis to get you to slow down and to take a look at your life and where you're at emotionally, physically, you know, all of those things. And so I would just really encourage people listening to take the time to do these things preventatively, you know, to, to find a way to connect more with yourself and to, um, you know, not wait until something happens to get you to slow down. You know, I think we, and again, that's, that's really been my purpose for this podcast is that mindful conscious living. And this kind of just falls under that whole umbrella. And that's why I wanted you to share because, um, again, it's just bringing people back to themselves and what's important and what really matters. And I think this is just another way to do that. I think it's awesome. Yeah, that was so beautifully said and really so impactful. And, you know, I, I, I cherish and honor every single moment of my journey. So there were periods of time in the beginning of my practice where I thought, you know, oh, I wish I had done this sooner or, mm-hmm. you know, and now I realize even more because so much clarity, yeah. you know, I think that's another major side effect slash benefit so much clarity is gained from Mm. this kind of practice, right? And not just, you know, and it comes in these waves and these layers. And the more you are, you know, evolve in your practice and the longer you're doing it, you you truly reach, you know, heightened states and levels of consciousness that are just interweaved, you know, throughout your daily life. And so, um, you know, you begin to, to realize how perfect, you know, every moment and every opportunity that has been presented over time it is right. Because mm-hmm. it's all led to, you know, to where you are right, here where and you now. Are. Yeah. Which is the perfect place for you to be. Yeah, exactly. And so when it comes to, um, light work, that isn't, well, I've done it a little bit, but, um, how does that kind of work? Like the light therapy and what would you say are some of the the benefits of that. Sure. Absolutely. So the, I'm very excited about this topic because when I was introduced to it, um, probably going on, I'd say three and a half years ago or so, um, you know, I think between then and now it's even becoming more and more, um, available Mm -hmm. and in more ways and, um, sort of more mainstream, which is exciting because it's really the benefits are, are infinite. And I think, um, you know, uh, it's been around forever. It's, it's an ancient practice and actually dates back, um, to the period of like the Mayans, which probably means even before that. Right. Right. So, um, you know, so this ancient, um, healing, uh, wisdom has been throughout the ages. And so to resurface now, like so many other ancient wisdoms, food is medicine, et cetera. Right. right? Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, right. That, um, so, so the benefits are, are so many, uh, reduction of inflammation, um, pain, you know, relief. Um, what are some of the other, 
main ones. Increase range of motion, improve circulation, uh, mood regulation, improve sleep patterns. I mean, those are some of the most mainstream um, mm -hmm. and notable um, and popular ones. And then, of course, uh, through my own journey and through that of helping others with color light therapy, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed and, and pleasantly surprised each time I work with it because, you know, it's not just a physical level that it works on. There's a emotional levels and mental, you know, levels and spiritual levels. So also. is it a matter of looking at the light or is it like, and how do you know what color of light and like, how does it work like that? Yeah, it's, that's a, those are all great questions. So, um, so not necessarily, yes, there are certain therapies out there mm -hmm. that you use that you look at, you know, and that work with the eyes. But really, um, you know, I've been trained in uh, using it sort of um, instead of an acupuncture needle needle to use different colors, working with the meridian system okay. and acupuncture points. Um, you know, you can simply walk in a room and use a certain color. Let's say indigo will use. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. You know, I use it with my three children. I have three boys and, mm -hmm. and, you know, being active and everything else. Sometimes they're, you know, a little rambunctious before <laughs> bedtime. So I'll bring the indigo light sometimes just into the room, simply into the room as we're saying our prayers or whatever it is that yeah. we're doing, you know, um, and it starts to really to down-regulate their systems to mm -hmm. bring them into this this very calm place. Um, Indigo is fantastic for inflammation. Um, I've had clients who've come in who've had brain surgery, something as severe as you know and significant as that, or a shoulder injury. You know, and we work with the indigo light, and it brings forth. You know, it communicates with the body. So the light's intelligent, and it's you know, and it's a form of energy medicine or energy and the body's intelligent. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, so they work together. And so, um, you know, the red light is great for so many things. Um, and one that, you know, that I often use it with is to help to kind of stimulate, um, the adrenal system for people who have, you know, their adrenals have sort of shut off. Mm -hmm. Um, but really most often, um, I find that, you know, using it in conjunction with the meditation and with, right. the con you know, conscious conversation when meeting with people, um, you know, helping it to bring people, you know, into a more open space in a place, a feeling of, of, of openness and safety so that they can even access some of the emotions and right. things that, that are, you know, kind of keeping them in these holding patterns. So, I mean... I could go on and on. I'll say that, that the way that I um, sort of was introduced to it um, was that a few years ago I was receiving a, um, a massage type therapy from um, a practitioner who I had gone to on a regular basis. And she said, I think you ought to get yourself a color light device. And I thought, well, I had, you know, a moment or two, <laughs> like, what? I don't even know what that is, but that internal compass, which, you know, I had been honing for a while at that point was like, yes, I think that's true. You know, so I got one and I, I read the little pamphlet and I thought, huh, how am I going to use this? And it's kind of a silly, uh, way in which I learned how to use it, but I went into a meditation and I just asked, 
you know, God or the universe, you know, how best do I use this? And so I was shown, believe it or not, in the meditation, use it in this way and it's going to heal your thyroid. And I started chuckling because I thought, like, am I making this up? Like, you know, is this another one of those situations? But I thought, what do I have to lose? You know, according to my endocrinologist and all the other doctors, I'll be on this thyroid medicine forever, right? (laughs) So how can it hurt to put this, you know, little light device that looks like a toy on, you know, my chakras each night on rainbow frequency is what was shown in the meditation. So I did that. So I, in you know, in the meditation said for three months, I thought, well, that's very specific. So I did this for like five to 10 minutes a night for three months. And sure enough, about a month and a half into it, I started to sort of notice symptoms of, of hyperthyroidism, meaning I perhaps was on too much medicine, right? right? So I slowly began to wean myself off the medicine in conjunction with doing the, this five to 10 minute treatment with the light. And at the end of the three months, I was no longer on thyroid medication and my blood work came back completely normal. Wow. And so here we are, fast forward three and a half years later, and my thyroid still remains completely healed. And I've not done the, that particular treatment with the light right. since then. Wow. So, you know, it's almost like the universe has presented these beautiful experiences and opportunities for me to see how profound these tools are mm-hmm. so that I will then go out and say, I need to go get trained. So then I did. Yeah. I went into a series of light, you know, color light therapy trainings because I thought, oh, I have to add this to the, you know, the tool ba- right. basket. And so, and, and it's, again, it just continues to amaze me all the different avenues in which you can use it for. Mm-hmm. Um, That's super cool. Yeah. So what would you recommend to someone who is interested in starting meditation and breath work? Um, you know, cause a lot of times I think we're like, okay, maybe I should go to yoga mm-hmm. because yoga is kind of like that. But, um, you know, is there any, any kind of advice you could give somebody like just starting it on their own or do you recommend going to like a class or? Sure. You know, I say, first of all, um, you know, whenever I feel like a lot of times we start a new practice, we set these really rigid boundaries and expectations for ourselves. Right. right? And we, and I think we're just so, especially as women, yeah, you know, so we get in these habits of thinking like, I have to do this and I'm going to have to do it a hundred percent. And another thing to put on my schedule. Right. Right. (laughs) And sometimes just those expectations that we have grown accustomed to, to putting on ourselves, you know, sort of, um, prohibits the full range of experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and it also will, will kind of, you know, will shy away from something or will not give it a, a full try because we realize early on, Oh, this is challenging or this might, I might not be good at this. Right? right. And so I'll say, you know, meditation, like so many other practices, whether it's, you know, tennis or, you know, um, or cooking or whatever it is, right. You know, practice, you know, I don't want to say practice makes perfect because what does that even mean? But practice does lead to you, you know, really, um, experiencing the full range benefits of it. And so, um, it is generally, you know, when you're working through those first initial layers of, of, um, you know, whatever it is that was the catalyst for you beginning the practice, whether it's, you know, anxiety or stress or just, you know, wanting to slow down, you know, those are, Uh, those are some pretty stubborn layers, right? So 
I'll say, first of all, just set a realistic expectation that it's mm. going to take some time, right? right. It's going to take some time to really get to that place that you're, you know, um, and then I'd say, have fun with it. Mm. You know, um, there's so many different ways to do it. There's, you know, sitting in stillness, setting a, an intention and using your breath. There's so many cool apps out there like Headspace and, and, and many, many others where you can go into guided meditation. Okay. You can listen to sound meditation if you don't like, st- if silence is just too deafening. Right. Right. Incorporate some, you know, some intentional sound. There's so many great, you know, on Pandora or iMusic, so many great meditative sounds and kind of find where your sweet spot is with it. So could somebody say starting out, maybe just pick like, you know, five to 10 minutes a day and just sit still and maybe listen to music or maybe they're fine without music. But the idea is to kind of, um, not allow the brain to wander, right. And to, to have almost like a blank slate in there, or do you sometimes focus on something specific throughout the time? Sure. So there are your, you know, it's such a great question because those are two different types of practices right there. So that just goes to show how expansive it is in terms of the, um, the, the, the different types of meditation. Right. You can, some people keep their eyes open and they'll just focus on an object and use their breath. And just as their mind starts to wander, they just come back focus to just back. focusing on the, the object, okay, right? right? Using their breath. Um, my practice that I most, that I started with and, and usually always, you know, come back to, or my daily practice consists of setting, um, an intention or a mantra. So on my inhale, you know, so I close my eyes uh-huh. I, you know, am in a seated position with my spine aligned. I leave my hands open and facing up to kind of into, you know, receiving mode. And I simply breathing in through my nose and out through my nose. Um, on my inhale, I think about this really peaceful, beautiful divine light coming in through the top of my head, all the way through my body with the breath. Right. Okay. And on my exhale, I think, my set my intention of I release everything that no longer serves me past present future yet you know on some given days I'll have a very specific intention Uh you know even more specific than that and I'll and for me I like that because uh, you know my the mind will wander right and that's until it doesn't Right. right but that's something we have to retrain and the mind's been doing that pretty much since we've been born, unless we just were born an awakened being, which, you know, not many are, not. right? So, <laughs> so, um, so, you know, just being patient, you know, as those thoughts come in or as something tries to distract you, you know, gently thinking of it bouncing off mm-hmm. this column of breath and light that are coming through the center of your body. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, so that for me has been a great practice and I really have gravitated towards, you know, that. And if somebody say they are struggling with cancer or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, an autoimmune disorder, could they sit there and think about healing? Maybe they have breast cancer or, um, a tumor somewhere. Could they maybe really focus on their intention, be sending oxygen and healing to that tumor and you know yes that sort of thing 
100%. I just got mm-hmm. full body chills when you're saying that. <laughs> it's such a beautiful question. And it's so, um, yes, 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 100%. Mm-hmm. We have to remember, you know, we're not separate of our disease process, right? right? It's part of us and it's part of our journey and it's part of, you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for us to understand, um, you know, how we got to where we are in that now moment, right? right? And we have to remember that, you know, it's a teacher for us in so many ways. And so, um, and we also have to remember that we're very powerful and we have mm-hmm. this self-healing mechanism within ourselves, right? And right. so focusing on that and bringing in light or asking, you know, whether it's an autoimmune disease or um, or a cancer or diabetes, you know, well, diabetes being autoimmune, but whatever mm-hmm. it may be, right. Or mental health, right? you know, that simply by setting an intention, because here's what I've learned to simplify it. Breath plus intention equals profound change right. or light plus breath plus intention equals profound change. And, and, you know, and I've become a firm believer, you know, asked me seven years ago, uh, you know, prior to starting the journey, um, maybe I would have wavered a little bit in this answer, but ask me now and I'll say miracles do actually happen right. and every day. Mm-hmm. And we, the more we allow ourselves to surrender into that and to, to really embody that belief, um, the more they, they'll, they'll show up for us. Right. So, and I mean, I've even heard, you know, lectures on how they have studied DNA and seen the actual physical changes in DNA take place through somebody's emotions and they can remove DNA and watch it changing even from somebody. And, um, it's incredible that what we're learning because we, there's so much still that we don't even know, but it's, yeah, it's incredible. The power of the mind over the body. And I know just from my own practice with self-hypnosis and hypnobirthing and all of that, like I've never meditated in my life before. I don't really like yoga. I'm not flexible. So I'm one of those people that it'd probably be harder for. Like I'm used to, you know, going in the gym and throwing around heavy weights and like just go, go, go. And learning the self-hypnosis and that sort of meditation has really, really opened me up to um, this other side of things and how important I think it is to control your mind and to be able to focus and and focus your thoughts maybe on something specific or not allow your thoughts to wander and how it feels really good. So I definitely am a big fan. <laughs> and if it can work for me, I think it can work for anyone, you know? I mean, you maybe felt like that at one point too. One million percent. Yes. <laughs> I, that's what I tell people because some, a lot of times it feels like, you know, you're looking at Mount Kilimanjaro, right? right? You're looking at like this un believably tough and seemingly impossible journey ahead. And I say one step at a time. And if it can work for me, it can literally work for anyone. Yep. So yes. Yeah. And I think that it's important to combine these things that we're talking about with nutrition, you Mm -hmm. know, with your healthy eating, because obviously if you're if you're relaxing, uh, your mind and you're healing your mind, but then you're putting chemicals in your body through what you're eating and sugar and things that are throwing off, you know, your cortisol levels or your, your, um, insulin, all of that, 
then obviously there's going to be some defeating, you know, of the purpose, I think. Yeah. So again, it's probably, it's combining the, those things together. And I always tell people like baby steps, you know, you don't have to be like, all right, I need to start doing 30 minutes of meditation and breathing every day. And I need to throw out all the food in my, my pantry. And you know, it's, little by little implementing these things along the way, you know? Absolutely. You, it couldn't have, I couldn't have said it better myself. And, um, and that has been my experience and journey with it, you know, setting just soft and realistic expectations, meeting yourself where you are each day and taking it day by day. And, but yes, I would absolutely like to say, um, 100%, um, you know, food also is such a powerful medicine. And so similar to color light therapy, you know, that range of color in, in our, in our diet, um, you know, going back to whole foods and, and finding things that, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not one thing that gets us to a place where we are, and it's not going to be one thing that, that kind of gets us, you know, out of that place. Right. Right. And so certainly, um, big on the list of, of, of healing, um, components is, is a good nourishing micronutrient filled, you know, um, food regimen or food lifestyle. Right. Yeah. And being that you have a background as a chef that, that probably is somewhat easier for you to be creative with your meals and stuff, right? (laughs) Well, it is, but then, you know, you throw into the mix, not just chef, but mother of three boys now, uh, teenagers and soon to be teenagers and, and, and then a husband. And it's like, huh, well, this really should be a lot easier than, you know, than it is. Yes, it does. It does give me the home court advantage for sure. And especially since, you know, my focus of so many years of that life as a chef, um, was on, you know, food, healthy food and, and trying to, you know, introduce people to eating really delicious foods that were actually supportive of their health and longevity. Right. So, um, but yet, you know, we're all busy and there's so many things kind of pulling us in different directions in this, in this world. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, try your best every day. Right. And when, you know, and when we go through little pockets of time where we have to put more of the emphasis and focus on other things and we kind of stray out, maybe, you know, aren't doing quote unquote our best in that category, you know, not to beat ourselves up and right. feel like there's you no turning failed. back. Right? right. It's like, no, okay. Now I just need to make that a little more of the main, you know, the spotlight of my focus and, mm-hmm. and really just slowly building new healthy ways, right. You know, Mm -hmm. crowding out instead of thinking of eliminating and punishing and, and, and these emotionally tied, um, you know, feelings that come with, um, taking some of those things out that we're, we're accustomed to and that bring us, you know, that we feel are bringing us comfort, right. Emotionally thinking of it more as like, how can I, what can I bring into my, um, lifestyle, my family's lifestyle, um, each day a little more that's going to help us, you know, in this, you know, path of longevity and healing. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> that's really good advice. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone is, um, kind of learned something today and maybe it's opened your mind to, 
to something new and involving something new in your life. Again, it's just all about that mindful, conscious living and taking responsibility for your health. And every day is a journey. And how can we live, um, you know, longer and better quality of life while we're here, you know? Um, so I want to finish with some just rapid fire, fun questions, but before I do that, tell everybody where they can kind of find you and follow you. Cause your website is what seed of consciousness.com. It is. And it's actually under construction. Okay, so that's <laughs> <pulling it> up. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry about that, but, um, <laughs> The best way to, uh, at this point, while the website is still under development, is to, you know, to contact me via text or phone or okay. email. My email is is Erin, E-R-I-N, okay. at seedofconsciousness.com. Okay. S-E-E-D, consciousness.com. Yes. Seed of Consciousness. And then, um, are you on social media like Facebook or Instagram or anything or? I have not, uh, done that <laughs> no. yet because that is, uh, you know, um, part of the launching of, okay, of, of the, the website. New, okay. So yes, I'm a, a bit, um, behind the, the times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for now you can email her and, um, she can always bring you up to speed when, when her website and all of that is up and running. Um, Okay, so we'll finish with, um, first question is, what is your favorite food? Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> my favorite food. Well, I love potatoes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, and I love them in any any form. So I'd have to say, you know, that's probably one of my, my all-time faves. Um, but I also am a huge fan of um, greens and salads. So... I like to, you know, switch them up and make them crunchy and different textures and flavors and colors. Um, Do you ever put potatoes with greens? Because that's good, right? Absolutely. Like in a salad? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I try to, and because I, you know, personally um, stay away from grains and things like that, um, uh, you know, oh, pota- grains, you say, yeah. yes. Okay. For, and, you know, um, like gluten containing. Yes. Grains. Yeah. Um, you know, the potato becomes even more of, right. of the friend, right? And sweet potatoes also. Yep. So, you know, mashed, fried, roasted, awesome. um, all of the above. What is your favorite color? Ooh, that's a good one. I love uh, violet. Okay. Yes. Now, in my hypnobirthing, um, my self-hypnosis, she talks about violet. And I always start to fall asleep, like on this part, because she goes through the rainbow colors. Okay. And violet is one <laughs> of them. And uh, I just just made me think of her saying, you know, think of this this color of violet going over you and this deep relaxation. And that's cool, though. Violet's a pretty color. It is. It is. It's very peaceful. Yeah. It's, it's associated, you know, with your kind of your higher chakras and your spiritual connections. Okay. And, but I also love indigo and, mm-hmm. and in terms of like color light therapy specifically, indigo is, is so soothing and peaceful. That's one of my favorites. Too. Cool. Well, Erin, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been awesome talking to you and make sure you guys go and subscribe to my healthy for life podcast and um, like and rate this podcast. You can 
rate it, you can like it, you can share it, do all of those things. And I will be talking to you next time. Thanks.